Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man whose career spanned 19 years in the majors, compiling a 229-win, 172-loss record with 2,416 strikeouts, a 3.30 ERA, 186 complete games, 49 shutouts in 3,486 and a third innings. He was an all-star for three seasons, 20-game winner for four seasons. He was the American League ERA leader in 1968 and 1972. He was also the American leader in strikeouts per nine innings in 1967, the American League leader in shutouts in 1968, 1968, and 1974. It is a pleasure to welcome the man they call El Tiante, the one and only Luis Tiant. Welcome, Luis. How you doing? Thank you, my friend. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Thank it's been a long time since we spoke to you, and I've been looking forward to it. You know, for people that don't know your history, baseball was in your bloodlines. Your dad, Louis Tiant Sr., was a great left-handed pitcher in the Negro Leagues, as well as Cuba, the Dominican Republic, and Mexico. He also performed with barnstorming teams. His career extended from 1926 through 1948. In the Negro Leagues, he played for the Havana Red Sox, the Cuban Stars West, and New York Cubans. He finished playing when you were seven years old. How much of any did you get to see your dad pitch? Not much. I was, you know, I think the last time I see him, when I was like seven years, eight years old, my, my uncle, he used to take me to the games, you know, and they take me, uh, one of the, the, the pitchers, Adrian Zavala he used to pitch with my father and the same thing. He was a good friend. Every time he see me with my uncle, he told my uncle to bring me down to the dugout. So, you know, you start following in your father's footsteps at an early age, joining both the local Little League and Juvenile Baseball Leagues, and you started for the Havana mm-hmm. team, picked up for the Cuban Juvenile League All-Star team in 1957. How tough, though, was it being the son? Your, your dad was a legend there, and now you're playing the same yeah. sport as well as the same position. How difficult was that? Well, not too difficult. I never look in that way. I, I know what I like to do. You know, I like to play. You know, <laughs> I really don't care. I really don't care about what people think or what people are gonna say. You know, I, I just want to play with my friends. That's what I do. You know, and then I start enjoying the little league. And then going to the juvenile, and that's when they really getting more close to me in that particular way because uh, he no wanted me to play baseball. Okay, in the beginning, and, uh, and you know when you're a kid, your father used to play, and uh, and they tell you he no wanted you to play because in 1957 they chose me to go to the juvenile. Uh, which area in Mexico City, and he don't wanted me to go, and uh, he said, "No, you don't want to go nowhere. You're, you're going to stay here. You're going to you're going to go to school. That's where he wanted me to be, going to school." Wow. And uh, my mother told him, "Hey, look, this thing not happen all the time. <laughs> they choosing him to go there. Why not? Let it go." Uh, so your mom kind of uh, convinced him. I, yeah, I, I love that. That's great. <laughs> 
So yeah, my mother get him all over him and talk. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let it let it play. You know, yeah, and, uh, right. and then he he say, okay, he can go. And then I go. Then when I come back, you know, uh, I keep pitching in the juvenile, and uh, the, the his friends told him, hey, you better go see your kid because he's good, <laughs> you know. And uh, and then. Uh, one day I remember I was preaching and the, they call it Route 28. You know, uh, it's a, a ballpark wide open. And then the, the, the bus stop right in the corner. You can see because everything was open. They got a few, few bleachers in there and people standing around. See? Then I was preaching that day. And I went, you know, you look straight to home plate and you can see the bus stopping behind over there in the, in the street. Uh, and when I look in the sign and stuff, uh, I see he get out of the bus. Uh, high behind was the column, you know, and, and the and, and some store have him in there like a business. And he 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 stayed behind there. I saw him and he go in there. And then uh, he not coming when I was pitching, you know. He was looking at me from over there. He was hiding, <laughs> then, but watching it. Wow. Yeah, hiding, hiding. Wow. Yeah, then. That's amazing. So I finished, yeah, I finished, and I throw shit up, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, he he walking across the street to where I was, <laughs> and he coming, uh, he may give me a hug and shake my hand and say, "No, good pitch, that's pitch." <laughs> and then from that point, he start give me some advice, you know, about how to pitch and how to do this, how to do that, you know, how to make it the move. And at that point, your, your talent is recognized by former Cleveland Indians all-star Bobby Avila, who was scouting for, in mm -hmm. Cuba. He, re he recommended you for the Mexico City Tigers of the Mexican League. At what yes. point did you feel that playing in the major leagues was a realistic goal at, at this point? Well, you know, I mean, uh, when you're a kid, you've got a dream. Everybody has a dream. Every kid has a dream to do be something some someday in life, you know. And uh, but that means they're not going to happen. Sometimes they don't happen to everybody, you know. And uh, and I just keeping that in my mind. What I want to do, I want to go and uh, and see what I can accomplish, you know. And then that's what I did. I go to Mexico. I even was 17 years old because my father had to sign for me. And I go over there, you know, uh, Mexico, the, the good thing, they speak Spanish, but in Mexico, the, the Spanish, you know, it's saying like Cuba. You know, we, we have a lot of words, we're not using them in Cuba, and they're using in Mexico. We use them in Cuba, and they're not using in Mexico. And then you're lucky you have to learn <laughs> oh, right. another language, you know, because for, for things, they call them things different, and we call them in Cuba. And, uh, and you know when you go over there, even seventeen years, well, seventeen years, even so well, seventeen, because uh, I, I left in February, uh, and my birthday was in November twenty-third. Right, so you're only seventeen. And, uh, and then you know uh, you go in there and you are again in the war. You don't know nobody. You're in different country. You even know your place because I just come in there. I don't know any of place. You have to target relationship with the guys and and then but I I what I what I have in my mind all my life is I, I I was a leader. I know was a follower, nobody. You know, I, I wanna do what I wanna do. And I know what I wanna do. I, I wanna get to the big list on this. And then 
preaching against Mickey and against Minnie Minos. That's what my two favorite. Wow. Uh, that's what I want to do, you know. And, uh, you come stateside here, summer of 61, with the Cleveland Indians, $35,000. However, that decision is now, you know, with the rise of Fidel Castro of the Bay of Pigs, that's it. You're, you're not going to see your parents for 14 years. You know, people don't realize how much you had to overcome, you know, not only just talent, but just the language barriers. And also, you know, in different places where you played in the Carolina League in the early 60s, I'm sure it was not the easiest place for you to play either. How did you deal with all that adversity? Because you, you're really still just a kid at that point as well. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, the, the same like I said before, my God made me strong. And I, 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 I want to be a leader. I don't want to be following nobody. I, don't want, I know what is good and what is bad. And I know what I want to do. You know, I, I don't care about somebody else, what the other people do. I, I, I can say, I see, I see people and guys I don't like it. I don't go around with them. I do my thing because I don't want to get in trouble. I, I know I never want to. I never want to put in my, you know, daddy, my my family name. I want to get to the bigger. You know, it's no one's easy task for me. You know, easy task for nobody. You know, because you come in here, you don't speak English. The people where I play in Charleston, West Virginia, Virginia in 60, 62, then 63. Uh, I play in Charleston, Burlington, North Carolina, you know, and the, and the people was bad with us. Man. The people calling us, they do your own thing, they every day telling you everything. And, uh, you know, I used to go to my room and I start crying the night, you know. Every night for about a month, I cry every day because I was here, what I say. You've been treated like even a dog. They're treating the dog better than you. You can't go nowhere. We go on the road, and the player, the American player, the white player, had to bring in the food to the bus. We can't stay in the same hotel they stay. They had to, we had to go to the the, the, the black section. They, they rented room. You know, people renting a rooms and stuff, and we had to go over there. I stay in those places, and then, and then the wife stay in the nice hotel, but we, we had to go over there. And, uh, and like I said, you know what's easy task? I mean, uh, people, sometimes I know some, some people used to tell me, you know, you're lucky you play baseball. Lucky. I know how I know. I said, look, I, I have to do what I have to do. And I never uh, stopped. A lot of the guys that told me, you speak English, you're in America. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I said, look, let me tell you one thing, okay? That, and that time I speak a little better. Uh, that learning, you know, in TV. That's how I learn English in TV. And what I do, for well, one word, I understand. I know what you're talking about, you see. And then I start doing that. And I learn it. Every day I learn it, I learn it. And I told them those guys when they said, uh, you know, you are, you're in the United States speaking English. You know? I said, look, let me tell you one thing. If she had come in a, a, a professor or you have university in teaching English, right? I don't do my job in the mound, you guys gonna kick my butt out of here. <laughs> What's the difference make? I have to do my job first and then the English gonna come in after that because I know I need to learn English. So you have to communicate with your catcher, you have to communicate with the manager. Uh, and I remember the manager used to come into the mound uh, you know, I start talking to him. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the only thing I do is checking my head. 
<laughs> he might call me. He might call me daddy word, daddy thing. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> and then the catcher, you want to come into a mouth, I, I get whipping my, you know, flipping my hand. No, no, no. Yeah, go back. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> you so, so, so it, it, I, it, let, me, let me let me do my thing. That's what I want to do. I want to pitch. <clears throat> no, that's why yeah, I can say that. Being it's interesting that you a, a mentioned leader, being a leader, happy, happy, happy life for anybody in life. If you want it, because you know what is bad, you know what is good, and you know what you have to do. And and, that, and that's what I do. I, I don't care what anybody else do. I know what I want to do. And I know what I need to do to get someday to the big league. And, and that's what I did all my life. You know, so no one is it tough for me. And I don't think it was easy tough for any of those players playing those years, you know, because it, it really was bad for us. So no joke. It really was bad. And I told a lot of my friends, white friends, because uh, I have a lot, of, a lot of guys, like my brother, just last year, my, my best friend here died last year, okay? And uh, he's white. And I used to tell him things. And then he's shaking the head. He can't believe it. I, no, I don't wait. I said, huh? I tell you what, you know what you have to do? Just go somewhere and paint yourself black, and you see the difference how people are going to treat you. Yes. You know, it's crazy that you're talking 1963, and we have the same mm-hmm. problems today. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But you did mention something, yeah. and I want to ask you this, because Wilma Flores had mentioned when he came here that learned English by watching Friends, the te- television program Friends. Okay. Was there one in yeah. particular show that you watched when you got here that helped you learn the language? Was there yeah, one? the TV. That's how I learned the TV, watching TV. The cartoon. I, I used to the like cartoons. the cartoons. Gotcha, <laughs> all right. Yeah, Bob Barney and <laughs> you, all, all those guys. I used to watch them all the stuff, you know. Gotcha. You, you right. mentioned that's how, and that's, that's how I learned English. You mentioned how important it was to have someone stick up for you. Was that a teammate? Who was that that was sticking up for you? And did you have a lot of warmth from your teammates at that time? No, Barry Levinson. That's the name. He's from, he's a Jewish kid from from New York. He, he grew up in Brooklyn. You know, he was tougher. He know, he maybe about five, five nine, five ten. But he was he's a tough kid. He was a tough, you know, play nobody, you know, back out for nobody, you know. And he told them, those guys, you know, messing with this guy, leave him alone. Because if you got any problem with that, you're going to have a problem with me, you know. And, and then he's keeping the guys away. But uh, you know what? Most of the guys I play, even in the minor, they never, they never give me any trouble. They never give me any headache. Or they never give me... They never tell me any racist word or anything like that, you know. I mean, yeah, we just play. You look at your minor league career before you got called up, 15-1 and record at AAA Portland. Uh, great teammates mm-hmm. there, Tommy Agee, Chico Simone, Duke Sims, and mm-hmm, a great mm-hmm, pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Yep. You get called yep, up by the yep. Cleveland Indians, and you make your first start against mm-hmm. the Yankees. Tell us about mm-hmm. that first start and what that meant to you. That, that was your dream. You, you left there, you left your country, you were all alone, you talked about those days crying. What did that first Major League start mean to you? No, no, that was my, my beginning or my, the, you know, the, the, the what, what, I, what I do all of here, the 19 years I pitched in the big, it was the, the opener for me, you know, my, my opportunity in life because you know, when you lose, it's it kind of a little different because you don't know if so they're going to send you back down. See, 
uh, I thank you, God, you know, I win, and I'm making everything change for me. Right there, everything changed, you know. I was uh, in the moon, you know, all those dreams, all the things, you know, your you accomplishment, you make it, and proud, you throw, you shut up. The Yankee, it was the yeah. best thing in those years. Against Whitey Ford. Against Whitey Ford, it right. was the best pitcher the Yankee had, you know. And, uh, and I go over there, you know, and uh, even some of the players, uh, and they, Alex Smith, he used to play with my father in the Negro League, okay? Uh, and he was mad when he found out I was going to pitch against the Yankee. <laughs> he told me, why they put you against the Yankee? Why not put you against Kansas City? <laughs> Kansas City, in those years, it was a bad thing, you know. Why don't put you again the bad thing? I said, look, let me tell you one thing, Anna. I, I come in here to pitch. This is my opportunity in life. I'm making great. It's not. I can try again. And uh, I said, see, I'm losing. I'm losing again the best thing. If I win, I beat the best thing in baseball right now. Eh? I don't have nothing to lose. Everything I have to gain for win, you know, and so. And, uh, I, and then I go over there in the first city, you know, I don't watch neighbor anything, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I'm coming from Poland, I was 15 and 1. Right. You know, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and I through even want to come into a big league. Right, and, and coming I, from Portland, you also pitch back-to-back a no-hitter and a one-hitter, and, and then mm-hmm. you finish that off with the Yankees. So, so let me ask you this, though. The, the first four years in the league, you have double-digit wins in all four. 67, you have a 2.74 ERA. Uh, mm-hmm. All of a sudden... You change your, your, your motion and your delivery to probably one of the most famous motions, altering it so that you turn away from home plate during your motion, in effect creating no. a hesitation pitch, twisting your body into unbelievable, you know, something that we no, all but, try to emulate. What but, made you but, decide but, to but, do but, that? But let, let, me, let me tell you, you know what that year, 68, I just turned in my number to hit it. I mean, I've been doing that before. All <laughs> year I played three plays, pitching three plays. I turned the number. Yeah, but when I changed my delivery was in 1972 when I come into Boston. Okay, I do them in Boston. But why did you do okay, it? it. <laughs> what made yeah, you? Yeah, but you know, you know, you know what, what the thing was. Okay, let me tell you what. It, they they put me, they, they bury me. Okay, <laughs> they they people when you when we die, they bury you six foot. No, they bury me ten foot. <laughs> no sixteen, uh, but like I said, because uh, I, I God made me strong, and I never afraid anybody. I, I, I just gonna do what I have to do, and I don't mean I uh, a, a, a bad person that want to fight all the time. I don't want to fight with nobody. I, I just want to do what I have to do, but I don't take you no know, no crap for nobody. You know, I I, I respect to be respect. You don't respect me, you're gonna hear from me. I don't care who it is, a manager, president, whatever. You know, I don't care. You know, and, uh, and that's the way I've been all my life. But, uh, you know, uh, and like I can say, in 68, that's what I do, you know, turn around. But, but uh, you know, I want to throw a 100 miles per hour. You know, and uh, we got the best pitch in the top for that year. Sam McDowell, Steve Harger, Sonny Seaver, myself, Gary Bell. You know, man, we have the I mean, the best four started on the big league in those years was us. And the and the hitter don't want to hit against us. Because we all throw, my dad would throw back 105. Hagan have the best light in baseball. 
and Sonny Sibbe, forget it, he was tough too. Pretty good pitching coach in early win as well. So, you know, you, you yep. mentioned about disrespect. And, you know, and I think this is the best way for us to close this interview because this is back-to-back mm-hmm. weeks where our guests have absolute Hall of Fame credentials. Last week we talked to Viking running back Chuck Foreman, who was not in the Hall of Fame and should be. You look at your statistics and you match them up against Jim Bunning, and Catfish Hunter, mm-hmm. both in the Hall of Fame. You have more mm-hmm. wins, lower ERA, more complete games, mm-hmm. more shutouts than Jim Bunning. You have more wins, mm-hmm. lower ERA, more complete games, more shutouts, and more strikeouts than Catfish Hunter. And, and you have, I, I believe, uh, you know, the last time I looked, you have better stats than 16 <laughs> other pitchers that are in the Hall of Fame. Does that bother 21. you? What's that? 21. 21. 21 pitchers in the, in the Hall of Fame. I got a better record than only two guys win more games than me. One guy, better ERA, more, more complete game, more extra Okay? I, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. And, uh, and it, it's sad the way you're working all your life to, to, to accomplish something and the people want to take it away for you. You know, that's wrong. And, uh, and you say, you know, like you know you're getting closer to getting some number, putting some number. And you say, well, I mean, I want to try to go maybe one or two more years and maybe have a little bit better number to get my chances to get there. And then when you do that, they don't want to put you in there. I, I don't get it. And then they put them all those guys. I don't say they're not supposed to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't care. They, they should be in the Hall of Fame. But if they are in the Hall of Fame, I should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you, you know, know. And I know just me. I know just me. Let me tell you, Tony Oliva supposed to be. Mini Mignon supposed to be. Jim Cat, Tommy Young, uh, Conception. You know, it's a bunch of them. They should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, and, uh, and they're taking that away for us. But, but, you know, like I say, one thing I say all my life, my Hall of Fame is my family. Okay, number one. Second, everybody know you and everybody know baseball. No, I should be in the Hall of Fame. No question you know, about and it. People, and people in baseball know. Right? And to me... The number is there. You can take it that away from me. I don't care. You might can take it, you know, put me in there, but the numbers is there, you know. And, uh, and like I said, the things they do sometimes with, like, uh, what his name, the Ron Santo, and a few other guys, right. they wait till they die to put him on there. You know, that, that, that's bad. That's mean when you don't have no heart, you don't have no sentiment about human being. Because when you do that, and they know Ron Santo, high diabetes, he losing both legs, and they're not putting it, then they wait till he die. What good is that? Right. They, they, they give you some more, you know, thinking and, and cry and saying, and you, your family, you know, for, for no reason. Yeah. Why they don't put you when you're alive? You can have a good time, celebrate with your family, the, the people, they help you to get there, or you, or you carry, you know, help you to be a better pitch and stuff like that, you know, uh, and you can do that because uh, these guys don't feel like uh, I should be in there, and that's wrong. Uh, and I can say, and I can tell my family, I tell my wife, and I tell them again, I tell you, and I tell everybody. Cause I know how I know my, my I know how I know sheep in my mouth. I'm telling people the truth, and I don't care because sometimes that's a problem. People don't want to hear the truth, you know. I tell them the truth, and I say. If they put me, and I told my wife and my kid, if they put me after I die, don't go any goddamn way. <laughs> don't go. 
Yeah. Don't go. You don't have to go nowhere. Forget about it. You know, I, and I don't care. And I, I keep telling them, you know, and, uh, and I don't care about it. If they do because they're racist or whatever, I don't care. I even want to talk about that. I'm, I'm getting sick and tired of uh, what I, do, I go through in my life. Do you think I want to talk about racist? And I want to listen to somebody talk to me about racist. Or talk to, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. I'm going through too many things. I, I have some bad times in my life. Get to go through that when I, when I was younger. It works because when you get old, you understand things happen in life. And, and the way that it is, and even it's not the right way, but that's what it was. But uh, and what my father go through, you know, are you kidding me? You know, and, and like I said, now you, you got your number, you do what you did, and they don't want to put you in the hole. You know, I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it either because, you know, sometimes you, you take a look at the personality and, and you were one of those personalities that everyone loved as well. And we're hoping that, you know, you do see the day that you're able to celebrate that with your family. And we will certainly make that trip up to Cooperstown. Luis, so much, thanks so much for your time tonight. More importantly, thanks so much for being one of the most enjoyable pitchers to watch during my era. And just so you know, I have you on my PlayStation 4 baseball game. And, and you yeah. actually do that, you know, every single time it just puts a smile on my face. So thanks so much for your time tonight. No, no, thank you, you guys, to give me the opportunity to be in your show. And I want to say thank you to all the fans, you know, and uh, I say take care of everybody and behave <laughs> and be safe. Great yeah, advice. Thank you very much. You got okay. it. Great advice. The great Luis Tiante, El Tiante.